1102, News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, I should point out a quick programming note that I will not be here tomorrow or Friday or Monday or Tuesday, but I'm back on Wednesday, okay? It's four days. It's four days. So, But I'll be back Wednesday. Um, but I appreciate uh, everybody giving Brad Slager a listen. He'll be filling in for me. We've had him on a couple times. He's a writer at townhall.com and redstate.com. So uh, please welcome him with open arms and, uh, and fill the phone lines with joy and praise. So uh, why are uh, lefties getting all hot and bothered about pregnancy centers? This was one of the questions I had when I saw, remember, uh, she of the high cheekbones, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, yeah. Senator Elizabeth Warren, remember, she made the comments about, we got to shut these down. Like, she was, like, viscerally angry about the pregnancy center. She said uh, uh, that uh, they fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination and they torture mothers. Remember, she said torture them. Like, we got to shut them all down. What is she talking about? So pro-lifers criticized Warren for the remarks. But a lot of people on the left actually agree with her. But why? That's the thing I couldn't really understand. I saw there was, what is this? Sorry, I'm going through the stack of stuff. It's, uh, is it the McClatchy editorial board? No, no, no. It was, uh, it was an op-ed at uh, McClatchy at Charlotte Observer by Karen Stegman, a pro-choice North Carolina board member and mayor pro tem of Chapel Hill. So, uh, and, and she elaborates on this, uh, on this Elizabeth Warren comment. She wrote a whole op-ed about it. She says, uh, North Carolina, fortunately, in North Carolina, abortion is still legal and available, at least until the next election. But there are already national networks in place called crisis pregnancy centers that exist for the sole purpose of undermining that right and taking advantage of people who may be in a vulnerable position in order to persuade them to carry a pregnancy to term. Okay, first off, that's not sole purpose. Okay, that's not a sole purpose. That's two purposes. All right, I, I, I might be nitpicking here, but that's two purposes. You can't say that's the sole purpose because that's two. You just list. You just listed right. It exists for the sole purpose of undermining that right. Okay, a crisis pregnancy center undermines someone's right to abortion. How so? How, how does that work? How does a crisis pregnancy center undermine somebody's right to an abortion? That's like saying offering me the choice of vanilla ice cream undermines my ability to choose chocolate ice cream. No, they're they're right next to each other on the shelf. And honestly, a lot of these crisis pregnancy centers are very close by to abortion centers, too. So if anything, it's like, hey, you got some options here, right? Why do you object to just getting an option? Well, as I mentioned earlier, at the Federalist, August, I think it, it may be August Day, Augusti. It's August with an E at the end of it. How would you pronounce that? August Day. M-E-Y-R-A-T. Mirat? Myrat? Merat? Anyway. 
More than 100 pregnancy centers across the country have been vandalized this year in response to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. This is why Congressman uh, Ted Budd and Senator uh, Tom Tillis are calling on Josh Stein. Hey, use the Federal FACE Act, is what it's called, the FACE Act. Um, Use this law to protect these pregnancy centers. It's the Freedom of Clinic Entrances Act of 1994. And the law empowers state attorneys general to seek civil relief for conduct that violates that federal law. And they're telling him, use it. But he won't. He won't use it. He won't even go and get a court to lift an injunction that is moot at this point. It's just a formality. But he refuses to even do that and do his job and follow the law. He won't even do that because the law that North Carolina has that would go into effect that's been uh, held up by this injunction in the court is uh, restrictions after 20 weeks. And Josh Stein refuses to go in and and ask for the injunction to be lifted. But the only reason the injunction was there was because Roe v. Wade was in place. But now that it's gone, now there's no reason. It's moot. There doesn't need to be an injunction because our law does not conflict with Roe v. Wade or KCV Planned Parenthood. So get rid of it. He won't do it. He won't do it. He's got to look, he's got an election for governor to win here, people. Okay. So, Democrats have demonized pregnancy centers. Why? Number one, I think it's a she. Let me see here. Is there a bot? Oh, sorry. English teacher in the Dallas area. Oh, it's a he. He's an English teacher in the Dallas area. He holds master's in humanities, uh, master's in educational leadership, senior editor of The Everyman, has written essays for The Federalist, The American Conservative, The Imaginative Conservative, as well as the Dallas Institute of Humanities and Culture. Okay. Uh, So he says, uh, number one, Pregnancy centers are bad for the abortion business because people are constantly bombarded with the rhetoric of liberation and female empowerment. They tend to forget Planned Parenthood and other providers of abortion. They're businesses. They make money. Pregnancy centers cut into their profits. Right? Another reason is that they're the most powerful refutation of abortion. So understanding, understanding that... If a mother makes the decision to put the kid up for adoption, she still has to go through nine months of pregnancy, delivery, her body, mind, soul, all be tested, and at times it feels overwhelming. The real reason most women seek an abortion is that having a baby is difficult. It's, it, it's, a, hard, it's a hard thing, if you, especially if the guy is left, right? The pro, pro-abortion crowd is less about explaining away the humanity of the unborn and more about making parenthood seem impossible, right? That, think about it. The arguments you, he's exactly right. The arguments you hear about this issue always are framed in what? The difficulty of it, right? They will play up the rigors of pregnancy, of childbirth, of childbearing, child rearing, while downplaying any accompanying rewards. If word gets out that it is possible to make it through pregnancy, have a child, take care of that child in its infancy, well, you know, many women may start to realize just how unnecessary the alternative is. The pro-abortion left operates on the assumption that all women are weak, selfish, and unable to succeed as mothers. Pregnancy centers thwart these assumptions by empowering women and helping them turn what seems like a problem into a blessing with limitless potential. So that's the why. Back to Karen Stegman, Mayor Pro Tem of Chapel Hill and pro-choice North Carolina board member. She says that these pregnancy centers, though, They just take advantage of women who 
who are in a vulnerable position. See, now that you see, now that we hear this, we hear the the game, how they're playing it. Now you're going to hear Stegman's argument in a whole different way. These centers market themselves as all options, medical spaces for individuals seeking pregnancy-related information and services. They often establish themselves within sight of an actual reproductive health care provider. Reproductive health care. Again, like that's not what's happening inside that Planned Parenthood facility. It's not reproductive health care. You can call it a lot of other things, but reproduction is not occurring. It's the exact opposite. What's with all the hate on the crisis pregnancy centers? I admit, I I don't have a lot of familiarity with the crisis pregnancy centers. Uh, I didn't, at least before Dobbs came down. Now I've gotten a little bit more uh, familiarity with them. But it seems like, uh, I don't know, good idea, you know? Hey, uh, you find yourself in crisis and you don't know where to turn. And an organization usually... Usually with some sort of a religious connection, and maybe that's why there's some animus towards these organizations, but they're like, hey, you know, don't don't kill your baby. You can have the baby. We will help you. And they counsel them and they give them uh, you know, diapers and prenatal care, and they like they they make efforts to help the women. Shouldn't that be a good thing? Oh, and by the way, North Carolina, that's what prompted Karen Stegman of uh She's the mayor pro tem of Chapel Hill and a board member of the organization Pro-Choice North Carolina. She's upset that the state of North Carolina spends $18 million to support these pregnancy centers. Of all things, I am as shocked as you are. I found something Democrats don't want to fund. It's a, yeah, crisis pregnancy centers. It's women's health care. I, I am speechless. They don't want to fund... <laughs> Women's health care, for some reason, it's just, it's a competitor. It's a competitor to Planned Parenthood that funds their campaigns. These centers, this is what she says. These centers market themselves as all option medical medical spaces for individuals seeking pregnancy-related information and services. They often establish themselves within sight of an actual reproductive health care provider, but most CPCs, pregnancy centers, are funded by anti-abortion activists. <gasps> no. Wait a minute. Next thing you're going to tell me is that Planned Parenthood is funded by pro-abortion activists or something, right? That's just insane. That would never happen. Does she? Do you think she believes she's making some sort of a profound point here? Sometimes I'm astonished at what is published in the newspaper. I'm reading this op-ed like, are you for real right now? This is this is your best shot at it? Okay. Chapel Hill, man. Don't ever change. Um, she also says that not only are they funded by anti-abortion activists, they're not licensed or regulated as legitimate health care providers. Remember, Democrats fought 
for there to be oversight of abortion clinics in this state. Remember when Pat McCrory was governor? And they're like, he promised he wouldn't do anything about abortion. And now here he is. He's trying to put him out of business by making them be clean. We shouldn't have to mop the floors. This was what they were saying. They said they should not have to meet the minimum standards of ambulatory clinics. This was the fight. They Vets offices are cleaner than the standards set forth in abortion clinics prior to the passage of that law, to the increase, uh, uh, increased specifications uh, for cleanliness. Yeah. The legislature came in and said, uh, yeah, when's the last time you guys have actually ever done any inspections? And it had been years, years. The same, this was right on the heels of the Kermit Gosnell serial killing up there in Pennsylvania, right? Philadelphia. Abortionist who was murdering, you know, babies after he would deliver them and then murdered a couple of the moms in the process. So, uh, yeah, North Carolina was like, hey, you know what? We should look at our our uh, inspection system, our regulations. And they're like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> these are terrible. And uh, they said, you know what? Yeah, we're going to make sure that if it's uh, if it's good enough for your cat and dog, you know, if the cleanliness standards are good enough for your cat and dog, then uh, it should be good enough for women seeking, quote, reproductive health care after all so they squawked about that they complained about that democrats did i'm sure pro-choice north carolina board member karen stegman did as well i don't know that to be true but i am quite sure if i was a betting man i would put my money on yes she was upset about that uh, legislation as well the motorcycle abortion bill remember that that was what they they called it because it was a motorcycle safety bill that they gut and stuffed, which is the legislative process, whether you, you take everything out of it and then stuff in some other legislation and you change it because it, you got a deadline to meet. Anyway, so she's, um, she's upset that they're not, it's not, a, it's not regulated as a legitimate healthcare provider. What exactly is the crisis pregnancy center? What healthcare is that center providing? What specifically is the healthcare center doing? Yeah, maybe they do some, you know, blood pressure. I don't know. <laughs> Like, it's a support network. It's there, it's there to help a woman get the support she needs going through a pregnancy. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be medical in nature. It could be all of the support services, the what the the left likes to call the wraparound services, right? But apparently now they just can't they can't figure out what it is they're looking at. They model the the model that. Is being implemented. It's so similar to the model they want to see in education, for example, and like virtually every facet of government work. This is the model that they like. But when it comes to the abortion issue, they just, oh, my gosh, I cannot make out this model. I can't see it for what it is. I don't believe you. I don't believe them. You shouldn't either. It's obvious. It's obvious that they are mad that these centers exist because it takes women out of the pipeline. For Planned Parenthood. That's the problem. Right? That's the problem here. There's no other reason why Elizabeth Warren would say, we have to shut down every one of these in our state. There's no other reason why Stegman herself would say, there's more than a hundred of these operating and we shouldn't be spending any money on them. They want them out of business because they're bad for business. The Planned Parenthood business. News Talk 
Talk 1110-993-WBT. Going over this uh, op-ed by Karen Stegman. She's the mayor pro tem of Chapel Hill. She wrote it at the McClatchy newspapers the other day. And um, she says crisis pregnancy centers serve only to mislead people. That's the, that's, that's the premise of her argument, that crisis pregnancy centers serve only to mislead people who are already struggling to secure the care they need. You notice what she does here. She jumps ahead to the point where the woman already decides to have the abortion. She jumps right past the, the actual decision-making part of it. She just assumes that any kind of concern, question, fear that a woman has when she finds out she's pregnant and, you know, it's like, oh, it, this was not planned. And so what now? And you start looking at all the ways that your life is going to change. And it's overwhelming and it's scary. And so here comes Planned Parenthood to say, well, just get rid of it. And there isn't anybody. What she's saying is it's misleading to people to tell them, oh, you don't have to do that. We can help you. Literally, the species has been doing it since the beginning of the species. So, yeah, we we have some expertise on on this stuff. So a lot of this stuff seems daunting to anybody, to everybody. But... We can help you through it. How is that misleading people? And once again, it goes back to this notion that if word gets out that it's possible that you can make it through pregnancy, have the kid, take care of the kid in its infancy, you may start to realize, hey, you know what? I can do this. And now you're cutting into the business model of an organization that funds Democrats for office. Right? Despite their marketing, this is what she says, these centers are anti-abortion centers that exist to shame people out of accessing abortion. They are attempting to shame people by offering them by offering them formula and diapers. Every one of them, by the way, which she says, she says there are nearly a hundred of these misleading pregnancy centers. So by the end of the op-ed, she's now just like labeling them as liars throughout the whole. Right? She just adopts that as the, the definition. There are only 14 abortion clinics in North Carolina compared to nearly 100 of these misleading pregnancy centers that she says take advantage of individuals seeking pregnancy-related services. Well, wait a minute. Isn't that a pregnancy-related service? Right? A crisis pregnancy center? Isn't that providing a pregnancy-related service? Look, if you guys get to call yourself, you know, reproductive health care, I think the pregnancy center gets to call itself pregnancy related. I think that's only fair. She says, despite uh, receiving significant state funding, these centers are unaccountable to the public. North Carolina does not collect evaluative data on these centers, so does not regulate or monitor the type, amount or quality of care that patients receive there. Despite this lack of transparency, CPCs have continued to receive substantial and increasing state funding, about $18 million. Anyone seeking health care services should receive comprehensive health information and care, she says. North Carolinians who are facing unintended pregnancy deserve no less. Except, uh, right, except showing them the heartbeat. Right. You deserve to have all the information, except any information that might lead you to not choose abortion. 
<laughs> if you're going to choose life, then don't do you, you do not get to see that information. And then, not to be outdone in their dumbassery, the McClatchy Board of uh, Editors. Do you call them the Board of Editors? Is it an? Ed- it's the editorial board. A logical person might think that politicians who oppose abortion rights would want to do so as much as they can to prevent unplanned pregnancies that often lead to abortion. A logical person might also assume those politicians would support, say, access to contraception, which makes pregnancy far less likely. But they would be wrong. This is where they play this game of not understanding. Um, Well, I assume it's a game. I assume it's a game that they don't, that they're playing, where they pretend they don't understand what the Republican position is. Because if you don't understand what the Republican position is or the conservative position or the pro-life position is on this, I would think you should go out and figure that out before you write this editorial. I mean, that's just good journalism. But in journalisming, modern-day version of it, I know that's probably not the case. Because, yeah, otherwise, like, you're ignorant and you are willfully so. A logical person, they say, uh, would be wrong because... When the U.S. House passed a bill last week that would protect access to contraception, just eight Republicans voted in favor of it. None of them were from North Carolina. This was called the Right to Contraception Act, introduced by Representative Kathy Manning, a Democrat from North Carolina. They, they say this, by the way. I've seen other media outlets reporting it and, and uh, Democrat officials, too, saying things like, I mean, this is coming from one of their own colleagues. Why wouldn't the Republican Congress members from North Carolina uh, look to support a measure from one of their fellow North Carolinians? Um, because it's a bad bill. They say it codifies into federal law the right to obtain and use a wide range of contraceptives, including condoms, the birth, uh, birth control pill, emergency contraceptives and IUDs. Well, what, what, what? emergency contraceptives. What's that? Would that be the would that be RU486, the morning after pill? Is that what that is? Do you know that the vast majority of abortions that are actually conducted in America are, quote, chemical? They're by pill. That's what they're talking about. Emergency contraception. So they go on to say, the uh, editors say, when the court chose in June to abandon nearly half a century of precedent in overturning Roe v. Wade, people began to worry that others uh, other rights would be in jeopardy, too. Adding to that worry, Justice Thomas, in his concurring opinion, right, which was signed on to by nobody else on the court, but whatever, they cite that. Republicans have downplayed these concerns and accused Democrats of playing political games by calling frivolous votes on unnecessary legislation. The right to contraception is safe, they say. It's not going anywhere. They said the same about abortion, though. And if the past few months have taught us anything, it's that our rights aren't quite as inalienable as we thought. This is sloganeering instead of rational argument. This is what they have been reduced to. Or maybe that's what they've always just been able to do. And I I don't know. I, I guess I expected something more. They then say it's hard to pin down the exact reason Republicans voted against the bill. Because they offered little by way of explanation. Wait, that's weird to me because uh, I see quotes from them and that, the, yeah, they're on record talking about why they voted against it. Um, 
Some argued bizarrely that this bill was a Trojan horse for more abortions, in part because they claim contraceptives like IUDs and Plan B are somehow tantamount to abortion. Parentheses, they're not. Emergency contraception is the chemical abortifacient. No? The Trojan horse for abortions. This is the statement from uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers, Washington Republican. Uh, she says she supports access to contraception. She says uh, the birth control pill should be available over the counter. Republicans actually ran that bill. Republicans wanted to make that over the counter. So you don't even need a prescription or you, you don't need to go to Planned Parenthood to get your dosage. You know, you just go to any pharmacy and you can get it or any uh, grocery store. Right. It'll just be over the counter. But Democrats oppose that because they're waging a war on women. Um, she said it would it would force health providers to violate their religious and sincerely held beliefs to provide contraception and perform sterilizations, including on minors. It would also force the little sisters of the poor to violate their religion and provide contraception. The bill defines a contraceptive as any device or medication used to prevent pregnancy, whether specifically used to prevent pregnancy or for other health needs. They called it a Trojan horse for more abortions. They they said it should be called the Payouts for Planned Parenthood Act. It would send more taxpayer dollars to Planned Parenthood, freeing up more funds for them to provide abortions that end vulnerable lives. It singles out and specifies physicians who refuse to prescribe contraceptives could be held liable and could be sued. That's why they opposed it. They offered... Right? They, they they offered you an explanation. Now, you could choose not to listen to them, but that doesn't mean they didn't say it. It is certainly impressive. I, I should not I should not let it go without saying that it is impressive to me that you could assemble a board an editorial board, as McClatchy has done, where not a single person understands conservative or Republican motivations or ideas for any of the things they believe. It's impressive. I mean, like to really, like to find people in the industry that are so oblivious to what essentially half of the population believes. And then to be able to put it down on paper like every single day and express astonishment and ignorance about, I don't know why they're doing these things. I mean, well, except, of course, for, you know, animus. They're they're just, they're motivated by hatred and bigotry and they just, everything's the same, the same script. They write the same kind of stuff every time. It's always the same motivation. Even when you point it, here's another one. Um... The, uh, so it was the, the Right to Contraception Act, right? That's what they're talking about. We don't understand these Republicans. Why are they doing this thing? They then go on, they pivot from this, because uh, the headline on it is, the GOP's position on contraception exposes its abortion hypocrisy, okay? This is essentially the Twitter argument that I have seen uh, since 2009 when I got on Twitter. Which is, well, if you're opposed to abortion, then you should want everybody to have contraception. And they think this is like a like an epic takedown or something, and it's not. And so when they produce this uh, contraception act, 
when they run this bill, the Democrats run this bill and Republicans vote against it, like, see, you're a hypocrite. Like, did you read the bill? Do you know what's in the bill? Because this is why Republicans voted against it. It's not just I'm against contraception. That's not the point of the bill. The point of the bill is to put Republicans on record voting against it because you loaded it up with poison pills. And when you did so, then the media carries your water and amplifies the message that they're not for contraception. They're hypocrites. But get this. Later on in the piece, they go on to say abortion is health care. And so is contraception. So the assertion here is to conflate, right? They're conflating abortion as health care. I submit it's not. I mean, it, it may be health care after the procedure is over and you're tending to the, the woman, but it's definitely not health care at any point for the baby, right? Health care is not what's occurring there. It's neither health nor care. So... They say abortion is health care, and so is contraception. Okay, so wait a minute. You spent the first half of your editorial here, guys, mocking the GOP, calling them essentially stupid uh, for believing that this is somehow a Trojan horse to increase abortions. Yet you then turn around and say that they're both health care. You're conflating these two things, contraception and abortion, you're saying that, well, they're both health care. They're all the same. So when their GOP conflates it, you're like, that's that's wrong. It's not the same. They're totally different. But then you turn around and say they are, they are the same. Do you guys read what you write? Maybe you guys need some editors. You might need an editor. The editorial board might need an editor to go over their stuff. Just a suggestion. You know me. I'm all about solutions here. I mentioned earlier, oh, hang on a second, let me get to this, Um, before I move off of the crisis pregnancy centers, I got a message here on Twitter, it is as if PPH, Planned Parenthood, and Stein, uh, Josh Stein, the Attorney General, want to talk women out of giving birth, right? It's like they want to close down these crisis pregnancy centers because we don't want to talk women out of getting abortions, we don't... We don't want them, do not talk to talk women into giving birth. Do not do that. As if they think an ultrasound is propaganda, pre-recorded heartbeats or something. You would think state funding of these clinics, these centers, would be in line with reducing infant mortality rates as well. Wouldn't it? Seems like it would. It's a great point. Seems like it would. We keep track of these numbers, infant, form, uh, infant mortality. We have a, in uh, Mecklenburg County, we've got the... Uh, child Fatality Task Force, I believe, right? So if you're if you're helping more women carry their pregnancies to term successfully, doesn't that help reduce infant mortality? It seems to me like that would help you with your stats. Anyway, North Carolina's Republican General Assembly leaders are asking a federal judge to reinstate a 20-week abortion ban previously thrown out by courts despite the Democratic Attorney General's refusal to seek enforcement of the ban after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, right? So they had to hire Phil Berger and Tim Moore, the leaders of the Senate and House, respectively, uh, Republicans. They went out and had to hire attorneys to go and ask the judge, hey, can you vacate your 2019 ruling that blocked the execution of this 20-week ban on abortions after 20 weeks? They passed the law. It became law. They got sued. 
They, and the judge said, eh, this runs afoul of Roe v. Wade. You can't implement it. And he put an injunction on it. Now, normally the attorney general would go back to the court and say, hey, Roe v. Wade's gone. You can lift the injunction. But Josh Stein is refusing to do his job. And then this prompts another editorial from the Brain Trust at the editorial board at McClatchy. They said, oh, you know, we really like what he's doing, but is this really the best way to do it? Stein took his stance after the leaders put pressure on him to request that the federal judge lift the injunction. But and he didn't. He wouldn't do it. Stein's stand is one we appreciate. Still, the precedent this sets should make North Carolinians at least a little uneasy. You notice the soft peddling here, right? The soft peddling. Would progressive North Carolinians feel this same sense of satisfaction if Stein was a Republican refusing to do something Democrats wanted? Of course not. Of course not. But way to lay the wood to him, guys. Oh, I mean, really laying into Josh Stein. No, I know you don't want to. You don't want to damage the guy too badly before his uh, run for governor. You might need him, right? Uh-huh.